that your best? Welcome to the Damn Woods Monday Me- Whoa, shit, no, hang on. Welcome to the Damn Woods Wednesday Gaming Podcast. Uh, it's your loose associates, Jake, Dolores, and G-Man. Hello, listeners. Hello, everyone. How how we doing? I'm doing all right. I'm good, except I'm about to get bum-rushed by the news that I have not looked at. Don't worry. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm alive. Good. Uh, Rather unlive, unlike White Wolf, which is now dead. Oh, so yeah. Okay. We were initially right. just going to talk about Pathfinder, but this came up in the news as the most absurd thing humanly possible. So, what happened is so the Vampire of the Masquerade 5th um, edition came out and it had some stuff in it uh, about Chechnya. Mm. Apologies to any listeners. I'm going to mingle a bunch of Swedish and Russian names here. Excellent. (laughs) We only have two Swedish listeners and we don't have any hits in Russia, so you're good. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so uh, what happened is they they published a bit in the book that says the... Uh, you know about the uh, supposed uh, Russia and Chechnya deny it, uh, but the uh, reports of homosexual men, especially, being rounded up and um, put in concentration camps and tortured and killed. Uh, you know, like we have to keep in mind that this that uh, the Russian Federation has some influence over them and is like explicitly you're not allowed to be an LGBT activist, essentially. You're not allowed to propagandize homosexuality. Right. Which means like no rainbow flags, no nothing. No, no. Um so there's been reports to me out of that incident. They put it in Vampire the Masquerade, fifth edition, as yes, it happens. And <laughs> And it is actually part of a vampire conspiracy to deflect attention from the vampire community. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a bold strategy. Let let's see if it pays off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh. <laughs> you might ha- you might be aware that like you know there was a bunch of um, a long time ago White Wolf got acquired by CCP and split off Onyx Path um, to continue like most of their stuff, but the official White Wolf like IPs Vampire the Masquerade became owned uh, by another company essentially through ownership of White Wolf. It's Paradox, isn't it? Paradox. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was CCP and now it's um, Paradox's stuff and Paradox Interactive. Yes, the, the people who make CK2 and all that. Mm-hmm. They decided that they're not going to have White Wolf anymore. Paradox Interactive 
Collective has taken control of the uh, publishing process for White Wolf. Wow. Um, <laughs> there is essentially no White Wolf anymore. Wow. Um, <laughs> like, because they've just completely devoured the uh, corp uh, and by asserting their, like, uh, rules over it, they're going to continue to publish uh, Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition, especially the things that have st- that have already been planned, which is, you know, a Vampire the Masquerade book and... The, the, Masquerade, the Vampire the Masquerade book, uh, of course, has been already published. But uh, they're also going to do a Camarilla book. Camarilla? And just bring that entirely in-house. It's going to be edited uh, by... Yeah. This is all on the White Wolf site. It um, was announced by Sham Zuriani, VP of Business Development at Paradox Interactive. Oh, wow. So they, they didn't even let the outgoing execs make a statement on this at all. Like no. They came in and, and just shut the doors on them completely. What did you do? <laughs> wow. And, like, you know, obviously the LGBT, LGBT community was like, you know, hey, not cool. Obviously. <laughs> Very loudly. <laughs> um, wow. Man, yeah, I mean, that... Uh, that is, like, what was the, um, what was the space between and the announcement that Paradox was shutting the doors? Like, how how long did that take? Um, it's kind of a dicey thing to say because there's been a lot of, like, alpha versions and such that have been published. Uh, but 5th edition was 2018. Um, I'm tr- having trouble finding a uh, like squared publishing date. So it, it'd probably be more fair to say that it's more connected to when the news found out about it, or oh, yeah. rather the politicians in Russia caught wind of it. Yeah. And then... Then paradox, the the gap between those two events is probably a lot shorter than the the release and paradox cutting, cutting oh, yeah. off. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, they don't even have plausible deniability as to why they're doing it, or, or did they even release the statement? Did they say explicitly that was why because of the backlash, or did they try to cover the shit over and pretend like we're idiots? No, they they specifically named and chained the Chechnya chapter. Oh wow! They specifically said that we're gonna dig into this and we're gonna edit it and we're not gonna we're not going to release the uh, Camarilla and Anarch books uh, because those also reference it. Oh god! Wow, that's I, I'm actually kind of a little surprised at the audacity of that. Like that's. I mean, how did like, that one get out of editing? You know what I mean? Uh, the Vampire Five pre-order started shipping in August. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but like, uh, that supposed probably was a little bit later. That actually, that's the 
Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's RPGs. Like, delays are really common. And, um, yeah, as far as I can tell, but yeah, it was like, it was pretty, pretty quick. Um, I think it was once it hit, like, general release that this happened. And, um, yeah, uh, so, Chesha. And uh, is going to uh, make a statement, in fact. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do know that it's Vampire the Masquerade, right? Doesn't like. <laughs> do Chechnyans the- believe in vampires is the question <laughs> we need to answer now. <laughs> Are the Chechnyans vampires? Almost certainly. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, See, that, this is. Uh, if if you're listening to this, I had no idea about this mm-hmm. until just this moment. I, I heard about this live as as you heard about it. I. Wow. Yeah. I. I mean, and this isn't the first time that people have taken like content from like a parallel universe RPG mm-hmm. way, way too seriously. I mean, even just immediately springing to mind, you know, Steve Jackson, Illuminati, you know, getting raided by the FBI that was, more uh, than once, I think. Yeah. That was in the nineties. Yeah. He got raided by the FBI, I think three times. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They kept releasing, you know, stuff about cyberpunk and they, Start getting raided for because they're obviously hackers, right? Right. Cyberpunk, yeah. Illuminati, and something else got him raided. But yeah, no, Steve Jackson, fucking Steve Jackson, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and not to mention like the people who take the Illuminati cards seriously on the internet. Well, yeah, yeah, that that's a whole other nine eleven. <laughs> so, National News Service. Um, so. Russia has like state-controlled media, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, but uh, they're going to make a state. They're going to have a pre- press conference about this, and the press conference is going to include Jambalat Umarov, a minister of national policy, and Jesus. especially uh, foreign relations and stuff like that for Chechnya. Oh my uh, God. And also representatives of Studio One Hundred One. And they're the publishers for Vampire in Russia. Oh, no. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. that's going to be exciting for them. Yeah, I'm guessing that the publishers are going to be blinking in strange patterns trying to <laughs> signal for help. Yeah. No shit. Christ. <laughs> uh. Yeah. What a shit show. God. What a total shit show. Like, if it weren't, like actually serious because like other countries i don't take this sort of shit seriously like when it happens other than like the actual fbi raiding you i don't take moral panic seriously in america because it's just it's just thought cops being thought cops right but in russia yeah they're very serious about their (laughs) thought coppery (laughs) yep uh yeah the thought cop to real cop pipeline very wide in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
lot, lot of bandwidth on that pipeline. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, Tobias Sorgan, uh, the uh, and like obviously like the White Wolf CEO, Tobias Sorgan, uh, he's he's gone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's- yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Well, Honestly, actually, it's... let me let me clarify. Is he gone or has he disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> has he met with a Russian agent? And Does he have he polonium poisoning? Right, that's ex- yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jesus. He's ter- he's terminated. But as far as I know, he's not terminated. Terminated. Thank you. Okay. Uh, this is a developing story, so listeners, by the time you hear this, you know this is be. the information we had to go on. Paradox yeah. Publishing could be at war with Russia by the time this episode goes out. <laughs> um, One would hope. I mean, you know. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, Dolores, you mentioned last night, like uh, this is not even the first time uh, Vampire has encountered like uh you know russia as like a thing it was like wasn't the guy uh, who started it at x georgian or something uh no so the thing is that mark ryan hagen is an um an american national uh he's born here uh, okay. as far as i remember okay and he, he was the original developer of he's one of the original developers i should say of vampire the masquerade and they brought him on for vampire the masquerade fifth edition and okay. see, the thing is that his recent credentials include um, a very delayed, I don't even know if he actually got it up all the way out the door, um, RPG called I Am Zombie, where he was trying to basically sort of do, you know, try to do another World of Darkness. Oh, okay. But his, and right. um, just his, not, doesn't have to share it with anyone. <laughs> and that didn't quite work out, but... It was set in, like, Georgia was the default setting because he wound, wound up living in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and he's wound up living through, like, uh, some of the uh, fam- some of the uh, war in there in 2008. You, you almost evacuated. said vampire stuff, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after, so after that, he, after that, he came back and he made I'm Zombie and it's, he's, like, living in Tbilisi or whatever. And the thing is that in that game, you play the good zombies who are Georgian, or at least they're like descended from the Georgian Ur zombie. Mm-hmm. And the enemies are Russian national Russian zombies. You see. Hmm. Hmm. Very Who subtle. evil, of course. It's extremely subtle. Yeah. You'd never know. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, vampire. Man. Uh, you know, it's it's as wild as it is, like, like, everyone I know who's played vampire has been, you know, just kind of a nerdy goth kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. And then. Here we are, vampire. There, we, we're all grown up, causing international incidents with a brand. <laughs> yep, it's fantastic. Uh, ideally, we'll get something cool out of Werewolf next year. Maybe they'll offend China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really want to see somehow 
the exalted IP. I want that God. to piss off Uwe Boll somehow. I, I don't know how that's gonna work. I don't know how. But, how could it make him mad? His movies are basically the exalted IP. Maybe they could create a character that is him, <laughs> and then he threatens to box mm-hmm. the writer of that edition. Yes. I, I don't know. This is still in the planning stages, no, but I like this. Uwe Boll fighting a tabletop RPG 2019. Yeah, no, I'm for it. Uh, so for the listeners who are not familiar, uh, Uwe Boll fought low tax of the something awful forums <laughs> IRL because internet. And uh, that was a real thing that happened for some reason. That, that mean, was back before... Things were 2008, and it's things true. were just regular weird. It, yeah, mm-hmm. just regular weird, pre-Twitter, thank God. Uh, it was just like, oh, the Something Awful forums have... The second notable thing they've done, the owner is fighting you a bowl. Uh, <laughs> instead of just, you know, fucking... What was the other thing? They, they fucking... Um, they, uh, they crowdsourced a Brazilian scat porno with a custom script written by the forum. Oh, I remember that. Why do I remember that? Because it's internet. It's how it works. Swap.avi, folks, if you're curious, uh, don't, do not, just don't. Do not. Uh, Or just don't. (laughs) No. Um. Anyway, no, that was, uh, yeah, something awful forums. God, you are the worst. Um, so the, the original reason we were, we were going to come, come together and talk shit, uh, is because Pathfinder 2.0 is going through beta testing right now and they, they're kind of going all over the place. Yeah. It's a bit all over the map. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they are, we, uh, we talked about a little bit on the episode you were on G man about how they're probably doing this to you know, escape the uh, SRD uh, ties they have. Yeah. As many yeah, as they the, can uh, anyway. Maybe. It's going to be don't, really hard. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, see, that, that one of the things that I, I'm not aware of, because I'm, I'm not a lawyer and I, I don't know anything about intellectual property, is mm-hmm. like what the, uh, effectively the chain of custody is on the oh, development. Yeah. Like how far down the line... Is it still under open gaming license? You know how how much do they have to change effectively? It's not, yeah. Um, I think they'd but, actually have to just completely not use the D twenty system. Oh, really? I I'm from what I can like, you know, mm. like the so the system itself is the OGL thing. Um, I would say the because like the way Pathfinder works now is like they can ob- they obviously copyright all their lore and all that mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine yeah. any kind of lore and any kind of extraneous rules they make up that are outside of the D twenty system mm-hmm. are probably reasonable to to say these are ours. But who knows? Um, They've actually released a lot of their stuff under OGL, and oh, wow. the way it works is that it would be very hard for them to actually stop yeah. um, anyone from releasing Pathfinder 2 compatible things. Sure. Because 
the book of erotic fantasy um, had got some pressure from. <laughs> so back in 2003. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little history for everyone. Remember yep. super awkward role playing times? Yep. Book of Erotic Fantasy was released, and is you know just it, it was the it, it is still today as far as I know the classiest attempt to do like a sex book for an RPG because all the ones base other ones basically just d- d- just went yeah we're gonna this is just gonna be an extend joke yeah um, here's where and, the boning uh, rule is <laughs> but th- if I'm not mistaken that one was actually functional like it it. Yeah. had rules that worked within the system. Yeah. <laughs> it had rules that worked within the system, and, like, you know, I'm not going to say it had the best of playtesting, those that we developed with some eye towards sanity, and um, it tried to, like, cover its top, top topics with, like, not without levity, but, like, with relative, like, seriousness, and uh... The thing is that even though it was like still the most tasteful attempt to do this, uh, it got heat because they couldn't let themselves be associated with such, such a shocking thing. Right. And because it was right. uh, well done enough, like got enough publicity, Wizard of Coast said, no, don't do that. And we're going to, you can't, we're going to alter the OGL somehow to get it so that we don't obscene, uh, don't have to associate with obscene material. And the thing is that they just released it anyways, mm-hmm. but they just said that it's like, you know, it, they, they could say it like it was part of the D20 system, but they could say, you know, it's OGL and uses a D20 and it's compatible with the best-selling role-playing game system mm-hmm. of all time. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Legally distinct gaming system. <laughs> oh God, the uh, the the, you know, it's one of those things where I'm always kind of like, it's it, companies pull the feigning couch thing on a lot of weird stuff when they like publish material that is at least eighty percent about new and fun ways to kill each other. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, yeah, for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I kind of dislike about the internet community Uh for RPGs is like, man, you know that you're like slaughtering sentient creatures in there in this imaginary game, right? It's okay to have bad words and, you know, nipples like it is. That's fine. Trust me, the, the creatures you're killing, they definitely have nipples. Yes, sometimes many. God. I mean, I've seen discourse actually about that. How oh, like no. you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have your game about killing orcs because it's only okay if your game is about killing, you know, golems and zombies and what? stuff like that. Ugh. God, nerds. Do these people watch films? Oh, like, God, are they aware imagine. of fiction? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, I think 
it's a convince. I think there's a fairly convincing argument that if you it, that like nowadays we do we do expect the orc to be to like have a soul and not be a mind scaling machine and to mm-hmm. be like a potential player character. But at the same time, it's like uh, there are bad people in the world. Right. Westmark. I've killed countless humans in RPGs. It's not oh, good stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm not racist in RPGs. I'll kill everybody. <laughs> I mean, I have definitely picked favorite enemy human more than one time. It's a good bonus. (laughs) Yeah, it just makes sense. Like, (laughs) run the numbers, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah. All all the major baddies are going to be like some wizard who's Mm going to be human. Of course, it's not going to be like the Ur Bear who has somehow become sentient. It's some shithead wizard. He's a human. Put an arrow yeah. in his head. <laughs> um, God, <laughs> we've uh, we've been playing Fifth Edition, and uh, with with some friends, and I, you know, it's Fifth Edition. It's fun. It's whatever. Uh, I have managed to, for this GM in two games, I have killed named characters with backstories before he can get their like their first line out uh, like, the first time I'm proud of you <laughs> right and it was it's never intentional it's always just like oh this guy seems like a real threat i better put it on him medium style and in this case i like i put an exploding arrow into a dude's skull and uh-huh. uh as you do you know and so the GM's like, God damn it, Jake, again. <laughs> I was like, how many pages? He's like, three. <laughs> have, uh, have, have either of you seen the movie The Gamers? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's up to three. There's three of those now. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, that that makes me think of the scene from the first gamers where the villain's trying to monologue and he keeps trying to shoot him. <laughs> and he's like, I waited six seconds. That's a full round. <laughs> yeah. Backstabbing with my blister. <laughs> uh, classic movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out, viewers. That's uh, uh, yeah. by Dead Gentleman Productions. Uh, they're actually doing a, uh, a web series now called uh, Journey Quest, which huh. is qu- quite good. I highly oh, I recommend that. I think I've that. seen that. Um, it is very good. If you are looking for a place to find that, uh, the gamers, because it is kind of like it's an older internet thing. Uh, Gog mm-hmm. sells it of all places. Oh, that's great. Good yeah. for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, those are fun movies. They're real goofy. They're like they're early internet goofy shit. They're a fun time. Also, Ballista Backstabs. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classy. Um, anyway, so. Back we, to Pathfinder. Back to Pathfinder. Um, so. Pathfinder's latest changes have uh, flavor-wise been pretty interesting. They've they've basically said, "Hey, paladins can be any good alignment," which is mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, 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 I like that rule a lot, honestly. Like everyone should have like a fanatic warrior class. Right. Right. 
and you know they, they, the true the believer, they, you know, right? And the the way they word the uh, the chaotic good paladin stuff is just like, hey, I'm minding my own business, but don't fuck with people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's likable. I like that. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I do think that they kind of gimp the um, chaotic good paladin ability though, because they like do. I read it and. It applies whenever uh, it's it's for getting people out of like you know when they're in bondage, right. literal bondage, you know, tied up. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I've the people I've seen. It was, um, <laughs> but it stops people from being immobilized if they don't want to be. And the thing is that that comes up when people use a grappler or something. And other two abilities, neutral good paladins, lawful good paladins, come up every time someone right. potentially takes damage. Yep. Right. How often is that going to be? Right. Yeah. A lot. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the neutral good ability is interesting where it's like a like a short stun that, or like a will save. It forces a will save because uh, it makes the, um, the enemy mm-hmm. feel guilt about all the bad shit they've done. Mm-hmm. And mm. the I think the lawful good is just straight up like retribution damage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 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 uh, defends your ally, reduces damage slightly for them, as does the neutral good one, and also yeah. um, you get to put the hurt on them if you're in range. Yep. And you know, is- yeah, I I would like to see them kind of bring the chaotic going up to par with that at least as far in terms of utility um mm-hmm. thematically it's not terrible yeah. uh yeah i think totally thematically it seems good but i don't know that, that that's part of the problem is like when you're dealing with reinventing an entire system like this yeah like your themes mm. can already be good like you, you've already got this rich history of yeah you know playtesting that you've never done like you've never met these people that have written all this good stuff you're using yeah but now you're changing the mechanics and like you don't have that luxury anymore you know like it's it you have that disconnection between the the things that have worked well because they were written coterminously with the playtesting and now you're playtesting new mechanics to go with the themes. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of ways to go off the rails, you know? Oh, certainly. I mean, like the primary, the way we've seen them go off the rails primarily, at least in the last few betas have been the heritage feats, which saw another change this time. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Pathfinder two is now calling they're not calling what we call races as ancestries um, because races is, I guess, was racist. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. But they're also right. calling uh, every ancestry has heritage now. Yep. So they they really are leaning on the synonyms very very hard in this edition, and I that is a turnoff for me to be quite honest. Like. Yeah. I, I'm already having to relearn, you know, racial hit die. Oh, sorry. Ancestral hit die. Wait, that doesn't sound right. You know, like I, I'm already having to relearn a name. Don't make me learn a synonym at the same time. That's for something else. Something you know? completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, completely different. Not even, you know, the same same mechanics, you know? Although I guess it would be worse if it were the same mechanics, you know? Yes. (laughs) Maybe I should be grateful. Um, Yeah, because, like, heritage heritage is something that your ancestor gets that's unique. It's like, I guess it's sort of like the sub-race type thing. Yeah. Right. Which is cool. Like, I like that as an idea I'm cool with, where it's like, hey, oh, you yeah. can plot out your sub-race. That's yeah. pretty rad. Oh, I, I, I really <laughs> enjoy um, the, well, 3.75, what, whatever we're calling Pathfinder original yeah. now, first edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy the, the alternate class... Uh, uh, alternate race abilities like the yeah. the sub races those add mm-hmm. a lot of flavor and i feel like they're very well balanced you know yeah for the and most it, part. It, it really it switches people up a lot too because it's like oh, okay he's an elf you can't make him sleep you can't blah 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 and then oh well he's not that kind of elf you know he goes to sleep on a sleep spell just like everybody you know mm-hmm. But he's, oh he's shit, he's actually casting bows. deeper darkness or some shit, you right. know? Uh, yeah, he can't see in the sunlight or whatever. Right. Yeah, no, it, and it's great. Like I, I'm a huge fan of like being like, here's your, here's your nine races or whatever they have, and then mm-hmm. here's like they 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 had they, they had a good idea and they've unnecessarily complicated it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of like, like. Yeah, if you want to like let people mix and match traits from elven ancestries or dwarven ancestries, like you know, obviously within a line, but like that's fine, that's cool. Even I'm a huge fan, mm-hmm. uh, but like don't also like it's like here's a heritage feat, here's an ancestral feat, here's a regular feat that you're getting at fourth level, but you can't pick from these lists. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, just that, like, yeah. Mm. See, it's not the ultimate like picking what anything is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the 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 excessive keywording is yeah. another thing that's a big turnoff for me on this edition. Like everything's got five, six, sometimes like eight keywords. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you know, um, ancestry, heritage. Um, like combat obviously is one that is applicable, but then, you know, they, they have ones that are related to sleight of hand, which is fine. Sleight of hand's a skill. It's important to have, but it doesn't need a, like a keyword as a feat. You know, you mm-hmm. don't need sleight of hand feats. Like if it says give a bonus to sleight of hand, just write that, that it's yeah. fine. It, it pads out the pages just the same. It does. It doesn't add like a secondary set of things. Yeah, like the purpose of a keyword, and um, I don't think I talked about this on the show. I think I was talking about this with my my gaming group. Sure. The purpose of a keyword is to convey a set of ideas quicker than the same number of words. Like in Magic the Gathering, trample. It's one word. But if you play the game, you know exactly what it means, and you don't have to say anything else. Yep. If you don't play the game, all you have to do is learn, oh, when you deal more damage to a creature with another creature than the defending creature has toughness, you trample the damage over to the player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That takes 10 seconds to say. Trample has two syllables. Perfect place for a keyword. Right. 
if it's just you know sleight of hand is a type of feat you know that's not simplifying anything all that's doing is cluttering the page up and making it well why can't i pick this well that's a sleight of hand feat you know like yeah yeah and it's kind of getting at the point where they have so many keywords that basically it'd be like if magic the Gathering used keywords that's great for mm-hmm. creatures sure mm-hmm. that indicated like the spe- specific rules like oh yeah you untap this at the start of the turn mm-hmm. and yeah like uh like called it refresh untap start turn or whatever right and then our keyword for you know this heals after combat and da 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 just slam those in it's yeah. like you're not actually compressing data anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're you're just making things more complex because by by everything having four or five keywords, you're diluting the importance of those keywords. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like a keyword, you know, it you shouldn't have too many of them because that's something that should trigger a memory right. of other information and you can't hold too many of those in your head at one time. So you're just going to end up looking it up anyway. Whereas right. if you had just written it in the first place, you don't have to look it up. It's already on the page that you're looking at. Yeah. just This gives mm-hmm. plus one to X and you're fine. Right. Yeah. Cross-referencing like, so um, having played Warhammer, uh, the, the tabletop miniatures game, cross-referencing is like a big time waste in those kinds of games. Totally. And they've kind of gotten away from that in their current edition, but Pathfinder is going further into that. Like they're getting Mm -hmm. deeper into cross-referencing and I'm going to go ahead and you you can probably figure out what my initial opinion is about uh, the 2.0. I feel like D and D five is doing what Pathfinder two wants to be doing a lot better. I think, uh, uh, <laughs> that's a bold statement, but I don't think Pathfinder's doing what it's setting out to do is the problem. I, I, I'm not, you know, I haven't played D&D 5 much, yeah. but I feel like it's simpler and more functional at this point than what we've seen out of Paizo so far. As far as their new stuff is, yeah. 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 I mean, Pathfinder Classic is great. It's built off of 3.5. You know, I love it. I played it. Yeah dozen two dozen campaigns yeah pathfinder is pathfinder yeah it's yeah yeah we talked a little bit earlier about uh how pathfinder is like the the entry point for a lot of rpg players now Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. where you know it would have been D D 3 uh for anyone who is maybe not uh in their 30s now (laughs) (laughs) right case case everyone wants to feel old um yeah (laughs) Uh, Pathfinder is probably going to be your intro point for like generic fantasy tabletop. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, no, so it's, it's, it's one of those things like, but yeah, changing, like, I don't know. I feel like, like, I understand why a company would want to like, Oh, we have new shit. That's great. We've revitalized yeah. the system, but you can't fail to revitalize it. <laughs> right. And you, you got to look at it from, from both points of view. Sure. Because I understand why Paizo wants to release a new edition. Yeah. One, you know, they're a for-profit company. They yeah. want people to keep buying their stuff. 
And, you know, this is a good way to get like new customers in, you know, revitalize the old base, Yep. like get new ideas introduced, learn from your, you know, experience so far. Sure. But to look at the the very most important thing, I think that they're failing. They're not looking at it from why do we want to upgrade? Right. What is it about Pathfinder that makes us want something better, you know? Right. And for me, there's there's not a lot. Like, we pretty much house rule, you know, around whatever little, you know, niggling details that we don't like. So they, it's their job to sell us on the new edition. And I don't feel like they're doing that very well, you know? Yeah, there's actually a f- thread on the forums that was like, it had the question of, you know, what's the design goal? What's the division for this? Yeah. And there was kind of like a big shrug. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the design goal is uh, we like money. I mean, I yeah. empathize. <laughs> yeah. I also like money. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where you're like, I, I feel like you should have a coherent vision uh, going in. Yes. This doesn't yeah. seem like they've... It seems like they're tossing a lot of stuff at a board to see what sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Especially with how they're uh, releasing like these updates yep. roughly yeah. to their playtest rules roughly every two weeks. Which is nuts. Yeah, yeah I, I really... I agree with that that sentiment you know they're they're throwing so much out there like they're really giving the impression that they're hoping that play testing finds what they should have known already you know <laughs> like yeah, they, they, they should know what the things are they need to fix they should try to fix them and then play testing is just ironing out the details and like you know figuring out how to prevent infinite loops and you know right. exploits. Yeah, they uh, they basically released this um, play te- this system. They released a system called Resonance um, yeah. to introduce like some limitations on how many magical items we can have. So like some cut down on like people having giant piles of magic items wandering around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's they the, wound uh, up that's completely like rewriting it. Oh my god, that sounds like a, a similar system to what was it, uh, Shadowrun? Right? Mm-hmm. You can only have so mm-hmm. many tech pieces in your body, and then that limited the amount of magic you were able to do or whatever. Right. Anyway, mm-hmm. I mean that's not bad. Like here's as a concept where it's like keeping your players from becoming a walking war machine of magic items, usually not a terrible idea. Right. Um, like, if you can do it. See in that, the that's, that's, that's one of the more thing that they have to keep track of though. Cause you know, it, it's like effectively mm-hmm. it's magical encumbrance, you know, and who loves and who loves calculating encumbrance, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I do love doing math. Uh, when I'm not fighting things, that's yeah. That's my I, I'm not fighting. I'm not role playing. Like, yeah. you know. And granted, there's programs out there to sure. to help with that sort of thing. But again, who likes calculating encumbrance? Not me. No one. No. Oh one man, does. the math for cramming every last 
cramming every last bit of cyberware into your essence is just insane. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. And like you know, I like I said, I'm hopeful that Pathfinder Two eventually becomes like a co- cohesive thing. Um, like they're doing some interesting changes to druids. They're making non. They're making wild shape more useful in a utility sense. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. instead of it being like, "Hey, you fucking, you can wild shape for six minutes to fight a guy," it's like, "Oh, if you want to wild shape into like a like a tiny animal that doesn't have any special abilities, you can do it for a whole fucking day. You're a fucking druid. You do what you want. That's that's awesome. Uh, see, that's a great change. Yeah, I think that that's great." One of the other changes, actually, you know, not to, I don't want to talk bad about it because there oh, are yeah, things I like. Okay. Sure. One of the th- changes that I like about it is um, no more skill points. You don't have to calculate skill points anymore because that's oh, one less shit. bit of math that you have to do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you've just got levels of skill and they scale with your level. That's cool. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. I, I think that that's a good system. Mm hmm. No, that's not. Yeah, bad. I think they got a little bit pretentious with calling it like, yeah, you're plus one to this means you're an expert in this, but like, whatever. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, that that's, I think there's certain amounts of like the Saurus beating that they're going to have to do for any sort of game design. Sure. Yeah. They they have to do it a little bit more because of the so many keywords, but I mean you saw that in Pathfinder First Edition anyway. It's like, you know, how many ways can we describe a magic spell that creates a cloud of some sort? Turns out like six or seven. Yep. You know, how many different properties can we give names to for magic weapons? Turns out like a hundred. You know, yeah. So th- there's always going to be some of that, and I- I'm willing to forgive that to a certain extent. You know, like as long as it, it adds is, something. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Something positive, you know? I should say. Well, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Ideally. positive. Yeah, or add yeah. something beneficial, I guess, to the system, yeah. right? I think I think my my best takeaway is I, I I look at RPGs as having a good RPGs as to having a good time as a kitchen is to food. It it really just depends on what you do with it. Sure. But a good sure. kitchen makes cooking way easier. And now they're asking me they're they're trying to sell me on remodeling my kitchen. Right. That's a good way. So, to mm-hmm. you know, what is this going to get me? You know, why is this going to make it easier for me to tell these interactive stories with my friends? You know, like it, we're sitting around bullshitting, and we're doing a good job of it already. So, yeah, is there mm-hmm. is there any demonstrable need to upgrade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing that like has been dis- I've seen a lot of discussion about, like in general, that. Um, any sort of rule that you publish, you know, has to compete against, you know, whatever the GM can pull it out, pull it out of their ass. Right. So yeah. If it's worse than that, then it's like, screw off. I, 
I think part of the problem might be they they're, they're going at it from kind of like a, a software perspective, whereas software auto updates and sure. you can't use the old version because fuck you <laughs> and you've got to keep going forward. Whereas this is paper tabletop gaming. Like there's the nothing saying that go you can't away. go back and play any of the old D and D editions, you know? Yep. Like people frequently do, you know? Oh, I mean, so, constantly. yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're not, I think that, you know, Again, this is speculation, but I think that they're kind of in that that trapped mindset. You know, it's like, oh, well, we're releasing a new edition. They're brand loyal. They'll upgrade. Right. But mm-hmm. this is one of the few remaining like stodgy entertainments, you know, like it's right. very manual. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the guys that I play with, like they don't want the PDFs, you know, they want the books. Right. Like paper character sheets, you know? Mm-hmm. They like, actually stole the book for the uh, playtest. Uh, I was like, it's totally useless now because. Yeah. They, I, they, I thought about that. I was like, what the fuck? Why are you releasing this when you know it's going to change? And then they changed it not just, you know, six months later, they changed it in two weeks. So your version is just a collectible, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's insane. I I that is a that is a move that like I feel like someone should there should you know you know how there's there should always be someone at your company who's like that's a stupid fucking idea. Mhm. I feel like they yep. may not have that guy right now. <laughs> no, I I really don't. Like if yeah, if it comes to yeah. If it comes down to they're they're going to push out the the official release like the the you know, the 2.0 mm-hmm. and you get pre-order bonuses. Oh, mm. nah. this is how you get the Ranger. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's, God. I don't think they I mean, do that, but God, <laughs> yeah. Terrible future. Yeah. It, it, at least I'm on record having said that. So if it does happen, you know, I can feel simultaneously bad and worse. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's also kind of amazing because, like, the amount of updates that they've done, it's like it's not like a little change here and there in playtest. Mm. Like, if you look at, if you just take a quick glance at the 1.6 rules, like new alchemical items. Wow, this sure looks like you just entirely rewrote the alchemist class, and that's what they, that's essentially what they did. Yep. Mm. And then as a result, their uh, playtest rules don't even agree with them, each other anymore. Because <sighs> they released the multi-class, um, they, they're doing this thing where you take a bunch of feats oh, in yeah. order to um, add a multi-class effect onto your primary class. It's like, seems, seems actually better than the previous system that I did before where you take like level one and, and doesn't scale. And you're like just hoping that like casting magic missile at like 10th level is going to do any good. Great. Um, Oh, so instead of it being, you know, say Fighter Five, Wizard One, it's actually like kind of mixed together when you take those feats. Yeah. As mm. a result, um, they're very. I, I think that they kind of because a lot of their feats are pretty uh, weak. I think that the like, multi-class feats look pretty strong mm-hmm. um, as choices, so that you're gonna usually want to 
probably usually want to do the multi-class, but I guess that's not not terrible to have. Um, right. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. It's just it it, it mm-hmm. kind of you're you're making not multi-classing a little less appealing by doing that, you know, which yeah. is, you know, that's fine. It's yeah. just like, that's not how it usually is. And there's always changes, but again, does this make the experience better? Yeah. Yeah. And as, as well, like they initially went with like, just like fighter cleric as mm-hmm. their uh, multi-class playtest, And then they released uh, ones for alchemist. But the thing is that, Alchemist multi-class archetype that they released back in September. It is now November, and they've completely rewritten the Alchemist class. Mm. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, the rollout on this actually is something else that's kind of a turnoff for me, because in the run-up to doing this episode, I was like, all right, well, I read the first release pretty well like I, I had a, a good feel for it there was a lot that i you know saw some potential in i was sold enough to keep going now it's like oh man there's been six updates since then let me t- try and find the change log oh what's a change log <laughs> no no uh you know like and they, they don't make it easy to follow this you know so it's like mm-hmm. 1.5 dude you like a hundred years old right now. We're on to one point six. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. They changed when they went to one point six. Was we were trying to like coordinate this and <laughs> yeah. This is just us shitting around bullshitting. I can't even imagine how it is for playtesters. Okay. Yeah. Who are trying to get a game together? And yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. New game now. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, we're starting again. Air classes. Just throw out your class. Like, what? <laughs> yep. Class is gone. They've taken it out. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> yep. Paladins your character was never real. born. It says that here, specifically. <laughs> you. It names you. <laughs> yeah, that is creepy, man. I don't know how they got your name. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I playtesting this at this rate would be insane. And yeah, like I said, look, we, we we talked a little bit right before the, the episode. I think the people who are playtesting this are people who do this for money. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like Twitch streamers and YouTubers. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. they play D&D a little differently than every every other person on the planet. Right. Yeah, because they're playing it for entertainment. So yeah. keeping flow is really important. So I imagine that. They basically sideline a rule whenever it comes. Oh, they have to. That something's getting away. Yeah. Instead of like, it's just have your house rules ready events. to fire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, with that kind of environment, you can't afford to have dead air. You oh. know, like you you can't it's afford to spend life. fifteen minutes looking up a rule. Although, mm-hmm. you know, me personally, I I wouldn't mind watching that sort of live stream. You know, like. That would feel to me like the real thing, you know, yeah. like watching this an actual like D and D group. Uh, five people arguing about a rule from a book from twenty years ago. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the real deal. That's the it's real. Like, experience. Oh, how do they capture this realism? 
<laughs> it's like, it's like I'm actually there. <laughs> God. Yes. Uh, no, that's that, that's pretty much it. Like, it's one of those things. It's just like, and like, so we've we've also been kind of shit talking, like the like the uh, the the Twitch D and D thing. Which don't get me wrong, I think Twitch D and D stuff is legitimately interesting as a as like a concept. Uh, like Twitch and oh, yeah. YouTube D and Ders. I think it's cool that people like watching. Like I watched most of uh, Acquisitions Inc. because I think Jerry's funny. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. man, some of it is just like transparently monetized. I think that's the one where my brain goes, "What?" Mm-hmm. Um, like I watched. Uh, shit. What was it? Uh, in the lead up to BattleTech, they they ran a full BattleTech, uh, like house written RPG slash BattleTech game for I think I want to say four seasons roughly, mm-hmm. and uh, you know how so if you're not familiar with like Twitch D and D stuff, they, it operates like normal Twitch chat or normal uh, cam performers. It's like tip for x and uh like usually <laughs> and usually like in in D games it's like oh you're uh as you tip you can uh alter the game world somehow or give provide a player you like with an effect or something mm-hmm. or or give the give the gm the opportunity to fuck over the players because it's funny um right and like that's it's kind of like uh what was the uh the group pokemon playing um oh shit. twitch plays pokemon yeah it's like yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. But with tips and money right horrifying um but i mean like <laughs> you know you figured fucking they're making enough money that it's a thing they keep doing so that's cool uh mm-hmm. but like there's like a few of them that have been like transparently monetized and you're like whoa yeah like the BattleTech one got that way real quick because they like huh. they were like they had tip goals for buying new mech models and they were just 3d uh-huh. printing them and i'm just like that's real rough but they were part of a uh a company that was related to harebrained that was just a like it was set up to broadcast uh, tabletop content. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting startup. It's an interesting idea as a new company. And it, boy fucking howdy, <laughs> did it like, like it, people who mm-hmm. liked it, liked it and watched it. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not judging you if you like it, but holy right. shit. Was it just like, some people were just like dumping money into it. And you're like, I don't understand right. you. Huh. Um, were they playing the tabletop uh, war game, or were they take, playing the role playing game? So they, uh, some of the guys from Harebrained, uh, cobbled together a role playing game for when the mech pilots were out of their mechs, and they used the old BattleTech rules for, or the most recent BattleTech rules for their mech stuff. Huh. There actually was a BattleTech uh, yep. RPG. Yep. Um, that was for that. So, I'm not. Did, did they make a new one? Uh, yeah, like I or? said, they they like they made it in house. They have never released it. 
Um, huh. It was just no, that's uh, a shame. You can. Uh, it's called Death from Above. It's on YouTube. It's not terrible. It's interesting to watch. It's got fucking uh, Mitch, the lead dev from Hairbrained, in it, mm-hmm. and he's insane. And uh, it's not like I said. It's not bad. I like it a lot. It's just one of those things where it's like whenever the money thing comes up, you're like, "Woo boy, this is yeah." Like it's like it, watching PBS during pledge time. You know, it's like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like you know, like I said, I'm I'm never gonna hate on anyone for hustling, ever. But like, oh, yeah, it no. makes it weird to watch sometimes. See, that's the thing. Is like, I'm never gonna hate on anyone for hustling. I'm also not going to get hustled very often. Oh God, no, no, fuck no, no. Yeah, no, I like money like... more than I like people. It's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was that uh, RPG Sports $5,000 competitive D&D oh, tournament. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Uh, that, was like, con- that was confusing and painful to watch. Oh, God, <laughs> yep. that hurts to remember that that exists. Like, uh, why the fuck, if man? you look in... So something the WebDM dudes... So for those of you not familiar, WebDM is a YouTube channel where it's like two guys who run a ton of games... Uh, talk about rules and different theories for your games. It's pretty cool. I like their channel a lot. Like their content is mm-hmm. good. Um, it's like up there with like Rune Hammer as far as like D and D channels. I I actually pay attention mm-hmm. to uh, their RPGN, which is like a highlight show for Twitch and YouTube D and D games is mm. one of the most painful things to watch I have oh. ever seen. I linked it in oh the, uh, the D&D chat. You can there's a, the newest ones up. It's it's difficult to power through. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I'm hurting right now. <laughs> you like, are welcome. <laughs> see, like I was hurting remembering that the $5,000 fucking you know, Jesus. fucking what is, why do they uh, RPG Jesus. sports is like that like that concept Ugh. hurts my brain and like, like like I said you're gonna have motherfuckers out here like loading dice and then you're gonna have like dice scanning like oh god no like this is flypaper for the absolute worst dregs of the RPG world these yes. are the worst people that's who's gonna be at that tournament 100% <laughs> Shut the doors and never let them out. That's Lock the em. only purpose that that serves. It's bait. I mean, I think that I think it was funny to watch. Not not for any like not for any of the D and D experience. No, but just oh, yeah. the fact that they all put on the hat, the uh, furry hats. Oh god! Furry hats. Oh yeah, that's right. <sighs> the one team was furries. Uh, <laughs> God, so uh, something of note. I looked into it a little bit when I found out when I think you linked it to me, Dolores. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like they they did not let any players roll their characters. Thank mm-hmm. God. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, everyone, they, everyone had to choose like fourth level uh, from fourth level characters from a bunch of uh, pre gens. Yep. And they uh, yeah. they had like tournament, um, like uh, League of Legends, almost like uh, bands and picks system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which still it was like painful to watch because yeah, the people commentating are not sports commentators. 
and they were trying real hard. And you're like, right. Ugh, please don't. See, the, the the only way that you could do commentary on that is if you do it kind of like golf commentary where they're talking very softly like they're in a library. Right. You play it off you know, a little like, bit. That that would that would be amusing at least, you know, yeah. or like cricket match commentary or right. something, you know? Yeah. No, that but, legit uh, it's not. <laughs> it's it's no. uh the Yeah. I and it's I'm glad that people are out trying new shit in regards to this. Like, yeah. and like, you know, it's, it, it grows the, it grows the, uh, the hobby grows, mm-hmm. it grows their personal brands, which is great. It's mm-hmm. money for them, but it does result in some real rough shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, anyway. that's just, mm. if, it, yeah. if any viewers are wondering how the tournament went, um, one side picked about three casters and the other side picked about three fighters. Well, mm-hmm. and through fighter types, I should say, like paladins okay. and stuff. And mm-hmm. yep. pretty predictable result. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Oh, no. We'll, we'll, we've got a chance, guys. If only their wizard doesn't know fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> See, I, I like I was listening to the episode. Um, I don't know if it was the most recent um, where you uh, had Alan on uh, Chris, uh, Chris Allen. Oh, yeah. Um, it was wild and he was talking about um, the Pathfinder Society. Right. I don't even like the idea of that. No. You know, <laughs> like that, that. And that's just like Friday Night Magic. But for Pathfinder. Some no, the worst no, I'm, of all I'm out, possible dog. worlds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that did ain't it. Dis- did you discuss crane style for that? I did, we did not. Okay, so oh, Pathfinder no. Society um, has an outsized Pathfinder Society play has an outsized impact on the rest of Pathfinder balance. Are you serious? Because yeah, oh. what happened? Okay, so it's, it's it's the official, it's like the official thing, right? Yeah. Um, they use it as a play test, and uh, they had a um, some one character uh, was deemed to be broken in Pathfinder Society play um, because they used what is a, a crane wing. And because of the environment, like the constrained levels and such of this of the uh, game, Cranewing originally uh, said once per round while using Crane style, when you have at least one hand free and are either fighting defensively or using the total defense action, you can deflect one melee attack that would normally hit you. You explain no action to deflect the attack, but you must be aware of it and not flat-footed. And attacks so deflected, it deals no damage to you. So it turns out that there are, I guess, a lot of modules in Pathfinder that uh, that they were using for society play that had fights that involved one big guy oh. and uh. with one swing per round and... Uh-huh. 
they could set up a situation where this character, where the character with the crane wing blocks off the door or whatever, and <laughs> the monster is just standing there trying to swing and can't because this character has a thing that lets them no sell one attack per round, one melee attack. Uh, doesn't work against ranged, doesn't work against flat footed. If it doesn't work if they're flat footed, you know, if they somehow are prevented from fighting defensively that turn or making total defenses, just. Yeah. Man. Uh, Man. And it's the, that, that's the sort of thing that I appreciate about guys who do like World of Warcraft, you know, like mm-hmm. figuring out the exploits to beat up the computer, I think is great, but the DM is a real person and you're just fucking with them at that point. Right. You know, I mean, I think that like, I think that it would, it wouldn't be a big problem if it weren't for the fact that society play is very strict, you know, like you have to run the model module basically Mm -hmm. pretty straight up. Um, and if it was a real DM, you know, they'd just be like, oh, okay, just throw a rug at this guy, right? Just stab in the back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just... Yep. You can't. You're flat footed. See you later, idiot. Right. Scorching ray them something. Yeah. And Old person. <laughs> just anything else other than, you know, one melee attack per round. And they'd be just be like, you know, when you find that one fight where they can no sell one attack around, there's like one attack around. I was like, oh well, <laughs> okay, we're over. We're yeah. over. You, you, you beat him. Yep. We're done. Right. Got him. God. And it's not even like a big deal. Like you have an effect that no no sells one attack around. Like it's very clear niche. It's very good defensively. Yeah, it doesn't really just doesn't. Yeah, when, it's, it's if flavorful. Yeah, it doesn't really break the game as much, and unless then you they have made to run so that modules by rules. Yeah, they made it so that uh, now it doesn't do the deflect. Oh, it just is a plus for bonus to AC. And that's way less cool. Also, yes, eh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's it like, is. So whatever. There's a uh, there's a parallel for this uh, in WoW's high end dungeon stuff called Mythic Plus. Uh, mm-hmm. The things that every time they have a they have this thing called the Mythic Plus Invitational. It's a dungeon run mm-hmm. competition. Uh, they tune Mythic Plus off the results of that a lot of the time, and mm-hmm. as a result of last year's, this year's Mythic Plus. All has like basically uh, they would attach affixes to your your plus key. You got a key every week that was like, oh, you have a plus three for this dungeon, and that plus three meant it would ratchet up the challenge like thirty percent. Um, mm-hmm. And the affix would usually only come in at a plus three. This thing, any key you get has at least one affix and it's one of two it's tyrannical Mm -hmm. the boss is super powerful bosses or uh the well the other one i forget what it is offhand um 
where the enemies are super, like the mobs are super powerful. And depending on your dungeon, that could fuck you unreasonably uh, unless you outgeared <laughs> it. Um, right. Anyway, that that's it's a it is thrown off how people run Mythic Plus, and it's made it really really difficult to actually pug a Mythic Plus run. And it's like this was not the case in the previous expansion. Anyway, but yeah, that's like that's one of those things where it's like the the organized play uh, affects everyone else negatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, GMs can just fucking house rule out their their right. errata, you know. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Blizzard, whereas it, it's centralized servers. Yep. You know, they're, yeah. they're it's effectively they you know, changed it that week. Done. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, that's that's what the difference I was talking about. Like, totally. that's the software version where it's like you're playing this or you ain't. Well, other than like vanilla servers, sure. you know, which is kind of a cool idea. I, I didn't know about that until I heard it from you guys. But yeah, it's uh, um, this summer. But uh, like, you know, Pathfinder, it's just like, ah, no, nope. yeah, that didn't, that didn't work for some reason. You don't know why. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy because like it's like the crane wing thing only mm-hmm. kicks in at fifth level, mm-hmm. so it's the level where wizards get fly, where you right know, all sorts of defensive spells and mm. yeah, yeah, which are all great yeah. things. I don't know, just like it. You should more likely examine the way your modules are written if they can be broken by one class feature from a monk spec. Right. <laughs> that's like a deep uh, that's like a deep monk spec. Like other classes can technically take it, and I think that was the case. Oh. That like that I think that they that someone managed to squeeze it like onto a magus or something. Oh Jesus. It's like it, that took all of their things to squeeze yeah. that on. Oh yeah. It's like uh, Either way, gotta hit dodge, proved unarmed strike, crane stance, crane. Yeah, so it's everything to get that. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, and see, at that point, I mean, you know, Megas is a busted class, I think, but Mm -hmm. at that point, you're not maximizing the bustedness of it, you know? Right. Just just let let them have a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let him have his four feet build where he can make a fool out of your storm giant that <laughs> always does power attack. Like, just give it to him. Come on. Yeah. It's stop writing your modules to have a storm giant who gets fucked over by doorways and a caster. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, or stop making or just or, you know, like change how Pathfinder play works. Let GMs have a little bit of wiggle room, you know, or Pathfinder yeah. uh, rated play or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. That said, like obviously, like I I agree with you, Chris, etc. That like the idea of going to a place full of randos to play D and D sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Ugh. Uh, it is painful for me to think about because at the end of the day, like literally D and D and, you know, uh, dark heresy, deadlands, whatever it is we're playing. That's what I do on Saturday at the end of the week 
to unwind with my friends, mm-hmm. and it's mostly bullshitting. At least 33% bullshit minimum. Right. Sometimes more bullshit than gameplay, and it's great. I have fun every time. Yeah. I yeah. love it. You know, that's what I love about tabletop RPGs is because it's the same people that I'd normally hang out with, like collaborating on this story that, you know, somebody thought, man, I'm proud of this that I wrote or man, I like this module. You know, I want to share it with my friends. Sure. That's that's what I like, you know, and I'm OK with people that want to go queue up with randos at Pathfinder Society. That's yeah. fine. Have fun. You know? Not for yeah, me. do it, man. That's not for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hard pass. It's also weird to me because uh, they had a separate, like, they have a separate rule set of rules for how you can build characters in Pathfinder Society play. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those do take the. And the thing is that, like, it's exactly backwards to me because they pass <laughs> the crane wing. They they pass the crane wing thing into like the general errata, whereas. There's things like, oh, you can't take the vivisectionist archetype in Pathfinder Society play. Why can't you take the vivisectionist archetype? Well, it turns out that if you take that on, I believe it's an alchemist, um, you're now a rogue, but better. That's fucking rad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just get get fucking wrecked. Um, You have the the sneak attack, most importantly, you you don't you don't get bomb but like you get the sneak attack and there's ways to get trap finding Jeez. so rogue the use fuck shit. off yeah <laughs> there's no there's no reason to play a rogue at that point right right just, you've taken their big two big things yeah can your yeah. rogue make poison on the fly hmm. <laughs> um, all right can he yeah. turn into a monster on the fly <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the sneaking has failed. Now it's time for monster. Um, <laughs> all right, monster so, with bonus damage. Oh it's god, like, monster with yeah. I've caught you flat-footed. I'm now a size category larger. Prepare for pain. Oh, <laughs> backstab with a ballista. Right, it's that. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, that's funny. Okay, well. Either way, so I think we're going to wrap there. Uh, Dolores, mm-hmm. G-Man, thanks for coming on. Great show as always. Yeah, that, Thank you I, for having me. Yeah, no yeah. problem. This was a really good one. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, listeners, uh, tune in Friday or Monday. Uh, you can buy shirts. You can do stuff. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Uh, not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No I'll just I'll end with saying that I'm the reason that Blackleaf died. You fucker! <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, I love you. Yeah.